welcome to Pencils and Lipstick. I'm Kat Caldwell. This is episode 217, and we're in February already. Um, I'm recording this on February 7th, and this is just a little intro to what we're going to talk about today. Um, I have another interview. It is with Tracy Skews, and I absolutely adore talking with her. We met during COVID, have never met in person, but um, we always have really great conversations about writing, about the short stories, short stories that we've read lately, and you'll hear all of that in this interview. Um, Tracy's passion is to help people learn to write embodied work, as she would call it. So writing really from the heart, um, listening to your body a lot. And she's going to explain that. If you haven't heard much about it, um, she's going to explain it to you during the interview. And um, I don't know if this is something that is coming up uh, after COVID or if it's because of the new year, but it's interesting that many of the interviews I've had for 2024 are people very much interested in digging a little deeper in their writing, writing about things that they're passionate about, writing about things that they feel they carry deep inside of them. Um, and so once again, Tracy and I talk about this and how you can really dig deeper into what you want to write about especially if you're writing um, memoir or nonfiction uh, narratives. But I tell her that I think the classes that I took with her actually helped me in writing uh, Bended Loyalty and Bended Love and really finding that voice. Um, and so I'm I'm really grateful. I really enjoyed her class. It was a, a way of looking at writing that I had never uh, thought of before. And that's always good. It's good for us to be stretched, right? So we are going to be talking about her sort of intimate summit, she is calling it. it I was about to say mini summit, but it's, she calls it an intimate summit. And she's going to tell you more about it, uh, the right from the heart intimate summit. It's coming up next week. It's coming up this week. Sorry. It's coming. <laughs> Valentine's Day is this week already. Crazy. Um, so it starts on Valentine's Day and you know how there are tons of summits out there and one is coming up next week, uh, the Writing Romance Mastery Summit in which there are 30 different speakers and that's awesome. You know, those, we can learn a lot from all different points of view, but Tracy's is going to be smaller than that, just one speaker a day. And there's also going to be a writing workshop with the summit and a live question and answer time, which she says will not be recorded. So I, I highly recommend that you go check that out. Um, even if you're listening to this after Valentine's Day, um, go ahead and go check it out. I believe she says she'll leave it open for a few days um, for free. She's also giving a masterclass on the 23rd, 24th, and 25th, so you can choose your own time. So I encourage you to click the links below and um, do a little work with Tracy, uh, all these free things that she's given out, get to know her a little bit more and see if learning to write from the heart is right for you at this time that um, I highly recommend her uh, workshop. Well, no, it's not a workshop. It's like a class. It's a six month class. Um, the embodied story class. I really enjoyed it. It's a really small class. I really pushed me to write short stories and again to find my voice in my novels and 
I just, I had a, a really good time with it. Um, as I, I think I say in the interview, I got three short stories published that came out of that class. Um, and I, I really think it's, it's both the feedback from Tracy, feedback from other people in the class, and just sort of pushing myself to do new things that got me um, those publications. So uh, click the links below, check out Tracy, see what she's doing. You know, this is great that she's doing a couple things for free so that you can get to know her. So I'm going to stop rambling. It is <laughs> time to listen to my conversation with Tracy about writing short stories, about embodiment writing and about writing from the heart. All right, I'm excited to have Tracy Skuse back with me. If you guys don't know, she has been a writing mentor to me. I've taken two of her classes and actually, Tracy, I got a couple stories published that I wrote with you. So Yay! I know, I know. <laughs> so I highly recommend you. But uh, in case anyone doesn't know who you are, would you give us a little intro to Tracy Skuse? Okay, yeah, I am. Um a writer and a story mentor and I live on Vancouver Island in British Columbia and um, I have a online writing program called the the writing journey my story uh, intensive is called the embodied story intensive and I really I'm really passionate about the kind of confluence of craft mm. and and um, body and trusting your story and really believe in writers' stories and, and work with them to draw out what it is that they mean to say, what, yeah. they're, what they sort of really want to say, and then giving them the tools to hone it so it, so it, it reads beautifully. Out, yeah, it reads beautifully and resonates with yes. other people. So it's not just, you know, a formula because I really, yeah. as you know, yeah. I kind of rail against, this isn't to say I rail against structure, but I rail against formula because there's such, such richness in each mm -hmm. person and each person's being and life. And let's bring that to the page. Let's right. bring that to the page. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you and I've talked about it a few times and I've talked with others and we, we were talking your embodied classes of just like you read older short stories. Cause you're primarily a, a narrative writer, nonfiction narrative and short story, right? Writer. Yeah. Although now I'm working on a novel. So, <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're so well, first, society's like moved away. Like they don't, you can no longer make a living off of being a short story writer, which is a real shame. Like, you know, there used mm -hmm. to be magazines and people would, like we used to be cultured. I don't know. <laughs> but you read them and they are, they're like, they're beautifully simple, but impactful. Like mm -hmm. they just mm -hmm. impact you. And like, we are not taught how to write like that in school. No, you mean like in high school or yeah. in, yeah, <laughs> it feels like a long time ago that I was in high school and that for sure isn't, you know, we're kind of get like, there's three conflicts, man versus man, man versus nature, man, and you know, the man, man yes. versus, <laughs> First of all. You know, whatever. How about and woman then, versus, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then there's this kind of like, 
um, inciting incident, climax, mm -hmm. denouement, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that structure, but there's something to me that is a disservice to mm -hmm. story when we just say, this is the one way right. or the two ways or the three ways that you can write story. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about short stories in terms of learning craft is that they are, first of all, they're short to read. Mm -hmm. So you can really see what the writer is doing. You can experiment within them yeah. with different points of view and so on. And it teaches you a kind of concision so mm -hmm. that you, you know, the extraneous, the things that are extraneous to the story you start to learn, oh, I, I don't actually need that, that part of the backstory. How can I deliver it? it? There's a little piece of it that has to be there. How can I deliver it in a really succinct and, and deft way? Yes. And, yeah. And so, you know, there's just so such richness to, yes. to short story reading and writing. Right. So, yeah. I think you can, you can, well, because you don't feel bad doing, or I don't know, bad. I don't want writers to ever feel bad. But you know, when you write a whole novel and then you kind of have to rewrite it because maybe it didn't come out exactly like what you mm -hmm. wanted to say, it's easier to keep doing that with a short story, like 7,000 words <laughs> instead of like yes. 70,000 words when you're like, I'm tired and I forget what happens now. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you're learning to write, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, mm. choosing short form gives you a sense of accomplishment. It's it's yeah. in a way it's it's challenging because you're getting a lot of information into a short um, piece, but <clears throat> you can finish it. Yeah, you can start it and finish it and learn how to revise it. Yes. But if you're first, you're first project is a novel that's a lot it's a lot and um i'm not saying don't do it but that there's you know a lot of opportunity to to experiment and play in the realm of short story so that you understand the tools of fiction, the tools of nonfiction, so that you can then bring them into the larger project. Yeah. I I have to say, like having being in your class, especially, um, because I've always loved short stories and I I joined your class. Well, I joined two of your classes, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Just kept going and I'll probably come yeah. back again. Cause because I realized there was like a pull towards me to like, if I can apply this, like you say, and, and accomplish it in a, in a shorter version, I feel like I'll learn quicker. And it's funny because I just got feedback from my next novel and my editor was like, you've learned a lot since the last time mm. I read your book, your, mm. your other books, which is a that's great, right? Like, I don't know mm -hmm. about you, but that's like one of my favorite things for people to yeah, say. Like, yeah. I, and I think it has a lot to do with the discussions that your teachings, you know, like breaking down to different sentences. What are you trying to say? And can you say it differently? Or the, there was a couple stories I struggled with where you're just like, 
it's good to know all the background, but now how do we get the background into just little pieces to sort of leave that open for the reader instead of like forcing them to see the story as you want them to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which was a real eye-opener for me. And I think it does translate really well into to all other kinds of writing, but you'll you'll be a better writer in all kinds of ways is what I want to say. I don't know. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, there's so much. It's interesting what you say when in terms of the the backstory piece. Like that's a lot of people really put in, you know, a lot of backstory. And I love stories that reflect back. So this is not to say don't ever use backstory. But um I just wanted to share that I mm -hmm. I was teaching a story that I had recently written and it won a contest or came in second in a contest and I was working with my writers and I had them read it for various reasons. But one of the things, it was a different point of view than I usually uh, use. I had read Sally Rooney's Beautiful World, Where Are You? And she uses a very distant third person. So a yeah. lot of fiction we read is very close third. Yeah. And I thought, oh, how can I, you know, how yes. can I do this and play with this? And I and I love that stuff. And and when you've got a restriction, a constraint like that, you have mm -hmm. to figure out, well, how do I get into the um, if I'm not going into the interiority of the characters, how do I deliver the information? Anyway, mm -hmm. the reason I share this is because it was so interesting, the response of the people in, in the class and mm -hmm. how um you know one of my students said of the male character he's so you know he's so clueless and whatever else she said and i was like oh my god you're exactly right that's exactly so i didn't have to say it i didn't have yeah. to give all sorts of background what i did was just trust that the Dory and the essence of the characters would carry through. Mm -hmm. So I think that what happens often for writers is that they doubt the essence of their story or the heart oh, of their story, yeah. or um, they they over they they think about it <laughs> versus yeah. kind of feel into it in mm -hmm. a. And, and as you know, I like to work with the body as in an embodied way. Yeah, yeah. So when when you say embodied way for for people who haven't taken your class or any of your master classes, are you saying like stepping into the the main character? Like how how would you define the embodied way um, for writers yeah. who might not be familiar with that? It, it's such a tricky. You know, it's not like a little this is what I find with my work. I'm like, how do I say that succinctly? But with embodiment, um, we're, we're in such a culture that prizes mind over body, mm. mind over heart. And that has really gotten us into a lot of trouble collectively. You know, you can just look at the state of the world and our body you know, we've been taught to override our needs, our physical needs. We've been taught to discount our emotional reality. Mm -hmm. You know, as kids, like, stop crying or you're not hurt or um, what, you know, 
pick your <laughs> pick stones, your wound. But not worry, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we go, oh, there's something wrong with me if I feel this way. Mm, yeah. And so the invitation in my classes and with the writing is to actually trust that. Yeah. Trust those feelings, trust those um, emotional care, uh, emotional pieces that come forward and grapple with them yeah. like it doesn't mean you're it's just all easeful in that space because quite often the body will have one feeling come up and the mind will have a reaction to that feeling and that's a really interesting space to work and it creates a lot of tension we all recognize it and it's interesting yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. it's it, it's inherently interesting and so if you think about how your character should be instead of feel into their emotional physical uh, reality you're missing a lot of material and a lot of um unique uniqueness specificity right, right. The, the pieces that make your story your story and yeah. not my story not um a margaret atwood story but your story yeah and i wonder if that that piece is what the other right like the the classics writers had because they didn't have all of these craft books or um, TikToks telling you to find <laughs> what does your character look like and how do they feel about ghosts, you know, and, and there's nothing inherently wrong with knowing your character's likes and dislikes and favorite color, but that's not going to carry them and mm -hmm. make them different and interesting. Like, I love that you would use the word interesting because you can you can read kind of a throwaway book like the beach reads or the you know like there are there's a time and place for that but there are sometimes where you just want a really interesting story uh -huh. and and just to know the favorite color of the character is not enough to make them interesting at all yeah I, I as you're saying that i'm thinking about and what i work with also is consciousness mm -hmm. right is that that and i'm thinking of the class of a classic you know, the classic writers, say Tolstoy or Virginia Woolf, where, and I love Virginia Woolf, and I would, you know, well, recommend her to anyone in case you <laughs> dive in. But, but what is apparent to me in reading those classic writers is that there is this ineffable presence. There's a presence that is there that is deeply intelligent. Yeah. And that doesn't mean clever. Like, yeah. sure, there's cleverness, but like when we if we think about clever versus intelligent, yeah. Intelligence has like a a beautiful just presence. It's like sitting at the beach when you feel like, wow, this this ocean has been here for six billion years. Right. You know, it's like beyond our human um, 
me, 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 mind, yeah. Yeah. but it's part of what we are also. So yeah. it's like, so I feel like with, you know, you're saying they didn't have all these TikTok videos and craft books and so on, but they, they had stories that they, you know, Virginia Woolf read a lot of Shakespeare. Right. You know, so, so there's always, what we're engaged in is a, is a conversation with writers from right. the lineage that came before and, and before that stories and, and poetry and song, you know, like that, that's the, that's the lineage that, that we come from. Mm -hmm. And yet we, I think maybe try to be clever or different or, and so we think about it in a particular way, instead of really being present with right. the, the, again, the body and the consciousness yeah. that infuses our lives and our stories. Yeah. I mean, I, I love, I love this conversation as you're talking. I wonder if it, like the cleverness that we're trying to get sometimes is, is almost too superficial to like, we live in the society. I mean, Canada, maybe not as much. You tell me, but like America is like, push, go do it now, get it out. Let's like the it's, you know, it has made this country historically very entrepreneurial, but individually it's exhausting. <laughs> you know? uh -huh, uh -huh, and uh -huh. I just think of like a story that probably most listeners have read in pride and prejudice. And she, it's not just that she had characters who wanted different things is that she understood the circumstances surrounding everyone that would push them to make the decisions like Charlotte marries the fool but you think like but she's not an idiot there uh -huh. are circumstances around these women that Jane Austen understood then gave them intelligence of like in instinct of survival you know they're not flat like Charlotte's not uh -huh. she's not uh -huh. a flat idiot even though she marries the fool like it's and I'm <laughs> yeah. not sure that anyone I'm not sure that we're always taught how to even get that deep into a side character of like what do you want you might understand where you want them to end up but why and like yeah. what embodies them particularly to make them go that route to them linger with the reader you know Totally. And I think, I think um, that's really, you know, what you're speaking to, if I can just, yeah, this kind of cleverness, often what happens is like, we think we have a story or some, you know, it depends because some writers, <clears throat> I know I start with an image or mm -hmm. a word or um, sometimes a title and I'm like, oh, I don't know where this is going. And and there's so much noise and advice out there that right. um, we think, oh, my God, something's got to happen. And so, as you probably heard me say in the classes, the, the story gets too loud. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, there's um, a carjacking or a, a bombing or whatever. And um, so that something can happen. Right. But what you're talking about and what I think often is missing is that what what stories essentially are is 
are these external events pressing in on the internal struggle within a character. So that may simply be the weather. Yeah, (laughs) that may be um, usually there's some sort of disruption that triggers this. But, you know, someone's disruption may be someone else's like rolls off their back. Right, right, right. Right. So it really is that, you know, depth you're talking about with Austin, with, you know, other writers that can see this, this, the whole of um, the whole of their being and what drives them forward or what, you know, holds them back. Yeah. Yeah. In which I think, you know, Shakespeare and, and Virginia Woolf and so many writers have that, but it's interesting that they, and who knows, who knows how many drafts they wrote, you know, how much time they spent thinking on there, which is something I, I continually repeat to my listeners and anyone who will listen to me, like writing requires a lot of thinking or it should (laughs) like, but getting back to like short stories, I think that's a great place. And I have found in my own writing to spend that time, like Mm -hmm. to, to find that way to embody a character to maybe, you know, if you're working on a novel, write a short story about how that character got to the place or whatever um, what their relationship is with their mother. Like, and like you said, it, it doesn't have to be something spectacular, but it, but that like internal pressing, whatever is outside mm-hmm. and like what, what then like brought, because as you say, for, there are so many times in our life when it's a very small thing that sort of pushes you to spend a whole day, just like, wow something significant has switched inside of me, <laughs> you know, yeah. whatever reason. I mean, many times people can think of like the day they got accepted to university. It's not that big a deal, but my goodness for an 18 year old, it's like all that work paid off. Right. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. How can mm-hmm. you, how can you write that in such a way that people are interested in it? Or perhaps somebody passing is a little bit more heavier the day you decide to leave that boyfriend mm-hmm. of high school mm-hmm. or, you know, and I think of my, my daughters who are high school, middle school, and they're learning to write the the personal narrative. Right. And it's just like you said, it's the structure, it's the intro and the, what happened? <laughs> what did you do? And then you go off. And I told my daughter this morning, like, you're a good writer. Like you, you write well and it, and I'm right there in the story, but you left off the most interesting part. Mm-hmm. Where, how did this affect you? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. what are you, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Yeah. 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 Why does this matter? That's yeah. a big question, right? It's like, so, so what? Yeah. So that's what? the, so what? And I think a yeah. lot of people miss what, what does, so what mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like, oh, well, so what? But, but if we're gonna, if we're in there with you, we want to know why it matters. hmm and it may be a little opening, it may be bigger, but it it's just like there there needs to be the so what. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I you really pushed us in the class for that too, which I loved. Um of just the like it was this so what like why are you there and again i that so what it sounds i wish we could find another way to say that because it sounds good yeah like, i know oh, okay <laughs> yeah yeah 
but you know, like, it's like someone comes in and tells you a story because it's this cool, this like quirky thing that happened and maybe there's entertainment to it, but if that's not what we do when we read, right? Yeah. That's not what we're looking for when we read. We're yeah. looking for why it matters. Mm. Yeah. we're even, looking... even if it's funny, you know, yes. even if it's funny. Yes. I mean, we're looking for kind of something deeper than the, than the dinner story, you know, or like, this is what happened to me today. Just because, you know, we're married and I should tell you something, you know, or, like, <laughs> or the anecdote. And I remember talking about this with everyone in your class of like the difference between like an anecdote or like this happened to like a story that you want to say something with, mm -hmm. you know, like, mm -hmm. um, like e even David Sedaris, he has great essays that yeah. are kind of like these critiques on society that are hilarious but you you step away thinking like yeah that's kind of crazy that we do that <laughs> yeah yeah or yeah and and his own you know like what walking you know the fitbit the fitbit story, story is so good <laughs> if you haven't read it everybody go to i think it's the new yorker and type yes. just google david sedaris and fitbit and so his own kind of mania uh, or ad addiction to the steps right that yes. we're all kind of addicted to with the fitbit I mean, I don't have a Fitbit, but I still know that that kind of yeah. <laughs> entrapment of the, the, the yeah. steps. <laughs> yeah. And like you can take it's the kind of story you can take and you can talk about with people like mm -hmm. in so many different ways. Right. And yeah. yet um, and I think we're kind of we're missing that sometimes like some some writers are definitely doing it. And of course, there are all levels of entertainment. Right. But mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, I think sometimes we go in with a story idea and we think that it's going to work and it doesn't. So, yeah. so like that happens, that happens yeah. to all, all writers. So I've been thinking a lot lately about this idea of confluence, like okay. that when, that we need a certain um, number of things that come together in a mm. story and push the story forward. So for example, that story I was referring to earlier that I wrote, there was this confluence of, um, of weather, mm -hmm. this atmos atmospheric river, and this um, dissolution of this relationship, and this um, discovery of, you know, not a secret, but a um, an unexpected discovery. So, like, there's there's these kind of like three things that come together and and push the story into places that yeah. are interesting, right? Yeah. So, to think about when we're writing story, what is merging that isn't the run of the mill day, you know, because the stories. I mean, we can tell run of the mill day stories, but usually there's a disruption. Usually there's something right. that's not, that takes us, takes us um, 
or the character out of their comfort zone and yeah. into a new space, even if they don't change, they're moving into at least temporarily a new kind of awareness and space. Yeah. 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 So just to make sure people know that we're not talking about writing stories where people just sit around and reflect or something <laughs> yeah I mean those can be but even there like what is the what are the yeah the, if someone's sitting around and reflecting I remember reading a Mary Gates skill story if you haven't read Mary Gates skill I highly recommend her she's a very potent writer and it was sort of this dad reflecting on his daughter I think his daughter had come out to him and he couldn't accept it or something like that. But really most of the story takes place with him sitting mm -hmm. and reflecting, but he's remembering. Right. So the memory is where the, memory is. the action is. Yeah. So, you know, we can have characters sitting and yeah. doing nothing, but they're that consciousness, that, yeah. that uh, awareness, that intelligence is present. Yes. Yes, I I recently read a story and I I'm sorry that I can't remember the the name of the author, but um he wrote the story about and it's interesting because you don't know who the narrator is and it's about a a young a teenager and her baby and the you know it's the parent and what's interesting is at least I assumed it was the mom, the mm -hmm. mother of the teenager narrating it, but when you he got to the reflecting of of she's saying you know you know he's referring to the the boyfriend he's not here and I have this baby and the I don't have the connection and he reflects then as the father to how it took him time to connect Aww. to her but then now that he would do anything for her and and it's a very quick story but just like you were saying there are there are different things happening he's watching his daughter and of course like very quickly you see this sort of tension right of like he's now a grandpa and this jackass over here is not there and you know all right. these like very quickly all these things happen and the decision that comes around where he just comes and puts his arm around her because he realizes he could say everything or he could just do something and it oh. was a really powerful short story of just like but like you said, he's just reflecting probably in, in normal time, a few minutes, you know, there's very mm -hmm, little dialogue, mm -hmm. but there's still those external like memories and moments and those moments of decision where then the reader goes, oh, okay, he did, he made the right move, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, it's so powerful when you read things like that. Yeah, absolutely. So it doesn't have, like you say, you know, it doesn't have to be loud. Yeah. And to be powerful, right. because what's powerful is that, you know, that, pr that internal pressure, or, um, and then the decision, like you say, that, that releases that tension. Yeah, yeah. So I, I really enjoyed your classes. And you let's talk a little bit about what Sure. do and how you um what's coming up um teaching I think I I think we found each other during COVID <laughs> like, I, I do was, too yeah I do too it was good and bad for several <laughs> um but you usually um you talk to 
I think I found you with a summit. You have the summit, you talk to different people, but you're shaking things up a little bit. So this like oh. COVID summit of several speakers and, you know, basically you have to take a vacation in order to participate. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you're kind of turning things around. So talk to us a little bit about the Right from the Heart um, Intimate Summit that is coming up. Yeah, well, I really, uh, you know, I did a couple of summits where I had 20, 20 25 speakers, and I really appreciated and mm-hmm. enjoyed the process of speaking to all these people and meeting all sorts of writers, including yourself. And, um, and lately, or when I was reflecting, I wanted to do another summit. And then I thought about myself and how not not as the doer but as a person who Mm. comes upon summits and thinks oh that would be cool and then sees the 25 30 speakers and thinks no way i don't i I can't do this i don't have time i don't um like i can't take in I, i i i think we live in such a culture of just consuming information and and i and this isn't a judgment because you know as we as we learn as writers, we get little nuggets from people. And I, I really appreciate that. And what I know is that we can get caught in the consumption of information and not do the work of writing. And so it's a nice way to procrastinate. (laughs) Yes, I know. I know. I I remember when I would get stuck as um, in early writing, I would, I would madly start looking through my books. You know, I'd be like, maybe Alice Monroe can show me, you know, and I kind of do this, this mad, like, it wasn't grounded, I wasn't in my body. Um, It was like a panic. So, so what I wanted to do was offer writers a very human scaled summit, Mm -hmm. which means um, there's only four speakers. And each day, so it's four well, uh, to be honest, there's there's a little bonus day, but um, it starts on February 14th. And each day we send out an email and um, there's a meditation to ground you. There's a conversation with the speaker of the day. And then they offer an integration exercise. And these are amazing these yeah. exercises, um, each one of them. And then there's gifts, of course. And then there's the there's a live Q&A. So each afternoon at 4pm Pacific, um, anybody who's participating is yeah. invited to a live Q&A where you can ask questions or just listen in on the conversation. These won't yeah. be recorded. They're just to deepen the experience because yeah. that's what to me is really important and um my hope for writers is that that it'll land that some piece will land for them and take them deeper into their own writing and their own process and and uh get them get them excited about their writing because yeah i think we can get excited about our writing and then lack and lack the skill or we've got the skills and we've forgotten the heart you know, like there's all these, yeah. there's all these sort of pieces, but, um, you yeah, know, but my... we can also feel like we ingested this information and then you sit down at the desk and you're just like, I 
can't process it enough to apply anything. Yeah. And now yeah. I'm still all by myself with this story. <laughs> and what do I, so I, I love that there's like this integrated work in this question and answer mm-hmm. time, because you also have to connect with other writers. You need to hear that other writers maybe have tossed a story or are struggling with the story. We need that, you know, yeah, we need to know absolutely. that we're not alone. I know, you know, as we, you know, as we know, and probably have said before that we when we look at a story that's finished, we don't see the drafts, we don't Mm -hmm. see um, the struggle of those writers to get those words on the page and in that particular way. And so, um, yeah, that's why community is so important, because you think there's something wrong with you if you don't do it this way. And so this this um, summit is that integrative integration is a huge word for me. <clears throat> I feel like, you know, information is useless if it isn't integrated. Yeah. And it's not that you have to integrate every single piece of the summit. There's okay. enough in there that if you just did one or two of the exercises, your, your process would greatly improve. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing for me about integration is you take what you learn and you try it and you try it and then it becomes your own in some new configuration and yeah. that's part of that conversation we were talking about with the lineage of story yeah. right we take in story we take in story and then we then it changes as we integrate it yes yes and then th- after the summit will you are you going to start an embodiment class yeah, I've got so I've got a nourish your narrative free masterclass coming out Ooh. the week after the summit. So that starts on the twenty. Well, there's three of them, but they're all the same. So mm-hmm. you can choose your date there, and then um, and then at the beginning of March we start a new embodied story intensive, which is a six month program. And again, I'm going to emphasize the integration. So, you know, Kat, that I'm really big on the integration process mm-hmm. and I have even created more space for it in the program so that <clears throat> um, there's the balance between elements of the craft, which are not the kind you find in a book. Mm-hmm. They really are. <laughs> they really are um, sort of what I have learned and practice after after I did my MFA program so I reached a plateau I was on the plateau for a really long time and I knew something needed to change I had no idea what I read lots of craft books and they helped a little bit but nothing could help like the way I'd learned my MFA program and so I've taken kind of what I've learned from there and what I've learned from my practice as a yogi um, and created the embodied story intensive. So it's really about finding your voice and your way and giving you the tools to tell your story that feels true and authentic to you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I highly recommend the class. I, I mean, even, even for people who, um, maybe have never written a short story before if if you want to improve your writing and and I mean not to be very American about it but kind of see that improvement and that change pretty quickly and just that understanding you do definitely teach differently than you know go find the needs and wants and and I teach that too because of course like your character 
there's got to be a reason for us to write a story about them, right? But there's there's just a very um like supportive and um different way that you teach that that really made me grow. And I've had a couple different authors ask me in you know, novelists like how do I write a short story I was like oh good lord that's like a really big answer <laughs> and uh-huh. I was like, like you need to go find Tracy's excuse <laughs> um, because I, I do think it's something that you can like you said you can experiment with things that you, mm-hmm. you might not want to spend 70,000 words experimenting with with voice with structure with point of view um, and it can be really fun you know, it's, yeah. it's fun. It's fun to meet other writers. It's fun to be with them. It's fun to get to know them and see where they're going. And um, so honestly, I can't say enough about the class. I, uh, I really, I really enjoyed it. I will be back there at some point. Awesome. Um, and I do want to say to novel write, novel and memoir writers that I do teach to all writers. So yeah. if you're writing a novel, you know, I do work with novelists. I do work with memoir memoirists. And so I think why Kat is emphasizing the short story is that we read short stories right. and short essays as a way to investigate and, and um, investigate the craft and see what the writers are doing. Yeah. And then we sort of integrate that. That's right. Into People did bring part of their, their, I mean, especially if you're a memoirist, like your class is really great because memoir the difference for me between an autobiography and a memoir is that writer being embodied in their memories and their mm. their reactions. Like that's what really brings you into the memoir. Because like it, otherwise, an autobiography is like this happened and then this happened. Like, I, yeah. I binged those in 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 high school. <laughs> and, and then you pick up a memoir. You're like, wow, this is so different. You, this yes. Is, like when a person is embodied and they can write from that, it's very different. And like I said, it, it, I really credit it for helping me with my novel, which I really struggled with, but just to be able to get into my protagonist head, what I learned in your class was, you know, it was nice to hear from my editor that it came through. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I I just love hearing this. It's so exciting. So I can't recommend it enough. I love it. Thanks, Kat. Where can people find you? You also do like really nice short videos on Facebook. Um, to yes, I need to get back and... to that. <laughs> um, I there the other day, but where can people yeah. find you the, the easiest, I guess? Okay, so my my website is tracyskews.com and that's T-R-A-C-I-S-K-U-C-E.com. And I will pass along to you, Kat, uh, the, the links to both the Perfect. summit and the and the masterclass and then people can join in either of those totally free no obligations and um yeah you just can become part of the community and yeah enjoy enjoy the journey yeah and 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 learn a different i guess there's always something more to learn about our art right which is Mm -hmm. really fun um and it's always good to get sort of a different perspective I have to say even if you just go to the meditation it's totally worth it (laughs) (laughs) oh thanks (laughs) great at meditation but thank you so much Tracy for coming and talking with me I'm sure we could talk for another three hours but I'll just have you back on and we'll we'll talk about more things sounds great thanks so much Kat